So everyone who's tuning in today, welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. We have Vic Ritchie joining us from the amazing hard rock band, Any Given Sin. And it is my pleasure and delight to have him on the show. He's going to be one of the amazing artists and bands I have the honor of interviewing. Some of the bands that have been featured on my show include Tremontium and Trivium, Sick Puppies, Ten Years, Lacey Sturham, um, Red Sun Rising, otherwise, and the list goes on. So before I bring them on for the interview, I always like to do a brief introduction to the show. Um, I started the show several years ago to bring people on in the entertainment industry to really support them and help them get their names out there. And, you know, I thought, especially with the times we're in right now, what a better time than now. Um, we've been, as you know, unfortunately, especially people in entertainment have really been hit hard by this pandemic. And I wanted to really support them and help them promote their products, music, etc. So I also mentioned I like to do a different type of interview. I do have a background in psychology, but my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. We're not going to be doing any formal therapy or assessment, but we might talk about <laughs> psychology concepts if it comes up um, in an appropriate manner, of course. So sure. if you're tuning into the show, create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. Okay, so let's do this. So any given thing, these guys are amazing. They're out of Maryland, and um, what's interesting is Vic's only been with them for about three years. In this short period of time, these guys have made a significant impact on the rock and hard rock music world. Their hit singles, Dynamite and Another Life, quickly became the number one most fun songs on Sirius XM Octane, along with them landing the coveted title of Accelerator Artist. Their latest single, Insidious, which we're going to feature today, is going to um, also be in Octane's test drive already. I regularly hear it on my way to work because I'm a huge Octane fan. And I also have these guys stored in my um, the saving part that you can do on the radio. So we're going to feature that song today. We're going to take you on a really cool journey and really delve into, you know, Vic's life story, how he got involved with the band. And I also just want to do a special thanks to Renee Hall from RHM Unlimited for helping set up this interview. She was an absolute pleasure to work with. All right, Vic, so welcome again. I apologize. <laughs> oh, that's right, Carrie. Thank you for having me, definitely. Oh, yeah, no, this is literally the first time something like this has happened, but, oh, gosh, you know, just sometimes these things happen, right? So let's start with this. How are, how are you making out right now in, the, uh, in these unfortunate times in the pandemic? How have you been doing? I've uh, been doing fine. Um, you know, uh, a lot of home improvement <laughs> things, like get okay. projects that I've never got done before. Um, you know, been staring at for 10 years. Uh other than that, we've been just trying to put out music, trying to get, you know, Spotify streams up, you know, doing whatever we can to, you know, bring our capital revenue through what we can do right now. Um, sure. We have a few shows, you know, locally just booked up uh, for like September and October, and those are still, you know, just tickling around to see what happens with the coronavirus and everything. But, yeah, most bands, right. like you were saying earlier, get are getting hit really hard right now, <laughs> you know, with everything happening. Yeah, but. it's – it's so unfortunate, it, and I'm not going to get into again. My show is not about politics or anything like that. But you know, it's just it's really unfortunate right now, and I really do have a lot of empathy for you know, like you got music and comedians and you know all different entertainers that are just really being you know hit in in an unfortunate way right now. But hopefully, we will get out of this at some point, and you guys and everyone will come back bigger and better than ever. You know, um, so let's do this. Let's start out by. So let's go back to, like, I always like to start out just to kind of get some backstory. Where did you, sure. now you grew up in Churchville, Virginia. Is that where you grew up? That's right. Yep, okay. 
So, yeah, just tell us, you know, think back to really little kid, you know, five, six, seven years old, you know, how would you describe your personality? You know, what were some of your interests when you were really young? And then we'll, of course, start to fast forward into music and, and all that stuff. Sure. Um, so I grew up here in Churchville, and it's a real rural area. I grew up on a farm. Um, my dad played we, – we were around the uh, Blue Ridge Mountains, you know, uh, Appalachian, so we, there was a lot of bluegrass in this area. So my dad grew up okay. – uh, I grew up watching bluegrass bands play, you know, watching my dad. And so even like five years old, there's like pictures of me on stage with my dad with a plastic guitar, and I'd sit up there Aww. for the entire show, you know. So it's okay. like I just – you know, that's where it all started probably. Like I, I like to do that. Personality, what, like um, I, I could be introverted, but I love to be like in front of people on like a stage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where it started for me, like music and, and growing up with my dad and things like that. And what instrument did your dad play? He he could play almost any instrument, but he played mostly wow. the banjo and bluegrass band. Okay, okay. And what types of again? I'm not, and you know, I apologize. I'm not very familiar with bluegrass, but you know, what types of of bands had influenced him, and what types of bands did you enjoy listening to him with him as a kid? Um, so his was probably one of his favorites was one called the Lonesome River Band. They're from Virginia here. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I just looking them up. There's some great, a lot of really good pickers and stuff. Uh, so a lot of just kind of kind of fast acoustic instrument sort of things, you know. Um, okay, but yeah, nice. Lonesome River Band was the biggest one for him. Uh, Blue Highway was another one. Allison Krauss, Union Station. Okay, and I apologize again. I, no, I appreciate you sharing them. I'm not <laughs> so familiar, but thank you. No. So, okay, so you're like you said, you're really little, and you're already, you know, just really looking up to your dad, enjoying music, going out to shows. Um, were you a kid to that? And again, we'll get into your music background. Did you play sports as a kid? And if so, what types of sports did you play? Yeah, so well, I played baseball. Um, I played football for like one year, but I, I kind of love baseball. I got into high school. I did some wrestling, ran like cross country and things like that. Um, I was mostly like doing. Uh, I was doing bands when I, when I was like 15. So we were playing. So as soon as that happened, all sports and that sort of thing kind of <laughs> took kinda the backseat. Went out but. the window. <laughs> right, right. So okay, so let's we'll kind of pull in your dad and stuff like that. So right, so he's playing all these instruments. He's playing out at shows. Did you um, learn any instruments as a kid? Um, was there any specific instrument you gravitated towards? And if so, what was it? Yeah, so I started off playing the bass. He was trying to start a family bluegrass band, so we were like, he was trying to put instruments in everyone's hand. Um, and so I start, started off with the bass, and then I learned guitar. And then when I was in school, I started doing like the jazz band and started playing the trap kit um, and learning that. So that was kind of high school, kind of a bass guitar and, and trap set. Learning those. Okay. Okay. Nice. Um, so in terms of singing, when did that kind of come into the picture? Was that something that you also were starting to incorporate when you were playing bass? So yeah, tell us a little bit about right when you started to get involved in, you know, singing and, and did you play any, um, when you played the bass, did you get any lessons or were all these things that you just were self-taught? Uh, it was a mixture of self-taught and then my dad teaching, um, like he shows some chords and then yeah, I just kind of go from there. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much all, you know, all those instruments. But um, uh, what was the other part of your question again? Sorry. So yeah, the singing was that something that you were starting oh, yeah. to incorporate when you were playing bass, or was that something that happened a little later? Um, no, that happened later. That was more later, like around high school time. I started dabbling in that <laughs> a little bit. Um, I had a uh, 
Chris Cornell's Euphoria Morning album stuck in a CD player for like a year okay. in my car. Sing along to it because I loved it. And then this one day started being able to scream a little like him and then mm-hmm. <laughs> just kind of kept going. And it's like, oh, wow, that's cool. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> nice. I just kept kept doing it and, and haven't stopped. <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, your voice is – it's. It's phenomenal. It's intoxicating. You know, it's you and you're singing, and um, yeah, you, you really have a a nice range and pitch, and just yeah, everything's really great with your voice. So really unique. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. Um, so when you're going to school and stuff, like you said, so was music something that you know, as a young kid, you thought, hey, I want to do this when I grow up, or was that something that happened a little later in life? Where, like you said, when you start singing to Chris Cornell and you're really getting into it, you're like, you know, this is something that I could see myself potentially doing as a career. Oh, absolutely. I probably wanted to do this as a career since I was like five years old. Um, wow. Like I used to take naps in my dad's guitar case when I was like three. Uh, kind of thing, you know, like that. Like it was just like right. this is, is going to happen, <laughs> or I'm going to die trying, I guess. <laughs> right now, that's great. Yeah, pull that little stuff, and that's so, and that's the stuff I love here too. Like you know, no one ever probably would have thought, oh, I'm going to share that I used to take naps in a guitar case. I mean, that's really interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you, yeah, you knew from a little kid. Now, with your parents, and again, of course, I always say let me know what you feel comfortable answering. I'm not going to ask anything like really, you know, personal, personal, but if you can, what did your parents do for a living? Did your dad do music full time or did he also have a, a job on the side or a career? Yeah. So my, my mom worked at a bank. Um, she was a teller. And then uh, mm-hmm. my dad, this is for most of my life. And then my dad worked at a, he was a manager at a grocery store and then he worked the farm too. Yeah. Pretty much all growing up. Yeah. Now, was this a farm that you that you personally owned, or just a farm in the area that you guys worked on? Uh, no, this one we personally owned. Um, it's been oh, wow. in our family, okay. I think, eighteen ninety eight, about. Right okay. Um, uh, so yeah, it, it's a uh, it's a smaller farm here in Virginia. It's just uh, yeah, we've owned been in the family just passed down for a really long time. Wow. And what types of things did you guys, you know, educate me with what types of things you guys offered or did with the farm? Sure. For uh, most of it, it was a dairy farm. And then um, mm. there's been a lot of times throughout history where the dairy industry kind of goes up and down. And then so around the 70s, it turned into they were doing more pigs and, and beef cattle and things like that. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's really interesting. And I'm assuming as a kid, did you work on the farm? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And what what types of <laughs> responsibilities did you have? Uh, well, it was anything and everything. Um, you know, we'd be feeding our baby calves, uh, pulling cows, uh, hay wagons. Um, if we got in trouble, we usually have to go and pick rocks in our hay field, put it on a wagon. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> right. it had to be done, and so that was the way to get it done. That was the punishment. <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> Things like that. Oh gosh, yeah, interesting. That's, that's really interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so school. What was and we'll, we'll start to delve into like you said when you're listening more to Chris Carnell and stuff like that. What was school like for you? Were you someone who enjoyed school, or were you like you know you couldn't wait to get home and jam on the bass or listen to music? What was you know what was that like for you? Yeah, I, I mean school for me. I, I like school for the social reasons, I guess. But yeah, definitely mm-hmm. I was you just just constantly thinking about. What's next? What am I going to do next? 
Um, we mm-hmm. would be trying to sell tickets at our show at school, you know, um, when I was in the high school band and just things like that. <laughs> so you definitely, it was definitely taking more of a back seat for me. I mean, I didn't get bad grades or anything necessarily, but it wasn't. Wait, really and you flowered. actually, um, <laughs> you went to a university, right? That's correct. After after school, right. You had went to, let me see my notes here. Where's that at? Um, hold on a second. Yeah, Eastern Mennonite University. Yeah, you went there. What did you, um, and we'll just kind of, you know, bounce around a little bit so we can focus more on the music. What did you study when you went there, and what was your, you know, did you just want to go there to say, hey, I want to have a degree, um, it's important to me, or was there a specific reason you went there? Yeah, so um, I was in the Navy first for uh, about seven years. Um, and oh, wow. after I got out, I decided to use the GI Bill, and, and yeah, I went to school. Uh, it, it's a local university here close to where uh, – you know, my family's from, and uh, I, I decided I, I I have a brother with autism, so I've been in the IDDD field for you know my whole life. Uh, so I decided to go okay. get I got an undergrad in nursing, um, and then was working using that degree and working with people with uh, disabilities. Wow, excellent! And, and thank you again for your service, of course. Um, and sure. that's that's really interesting. So you have a is it an associate's or a bachelor in nursing? Bachelor's. Oh wow, that's great. And where specifically were you working with some type of an organization or a hospital where you were doing that type of work? Sure. I, I mostly with CSBs, community service boards, uh, is where a lot of that, uh, the field ends up. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, uh, we do, like, uh, things called community engagement. So we, you know, have a group of people we take out, go do volunteering, go do things like that. Um, we ha- we have a great. day support. You know, and, and people will come in and, and work on things throughout the day. And mm-hmm. Wow. No, that's awesome. No, that's great work, great work. Um, and in the meantime, so we can kind of bounce around now to the music stuff. So you were in the Navy, like you said, for about six or seven years, I'm assuming, music was on hold, or was it something you still, you know, did when you were in the Navy, found some people to kind of jam with and play with? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, oh, we were still playing then. I was stationed down in Gulfport, Mississippi, so there was uh, okay. just right next to Biloxi where all the casinos are there in Mississippi. So we had there was a lot of venues to like have a little band and and go play at, you know. So we did that definitely during the Navy. I mean, there was mostly just you know bonfires and acoustic guitars, you know. But but mm-hmm. yes, yes, we played around played around that area where we were stationed pretty frequently. Okay. Okay. And so going back to let's talk a little bit about your first dance. Now we know that, you know, your background in nursing and working on the farm. So high school, what, when was your first band around? How old were you, would you say? Uh, I think I was 15, and it was with a, a friend of mine, his brother, and then um, another guy singing. I was playing the drums. Uh, we were not very good, but we were all right. <laughs> like 15, okay. 16, 17 years old. <laughs> um, yeah, but we – we we had this little local venue that would let us come play as a little bar and grill, and so we'd play there almost every two weeks, you know, all through high school. So it was pretty, it was pretty cool. <laughs> That's cool. And what type of what type of genre, what type of music was it? Were you guys doing originals or covers or a combination? Right. It, it was mostly kind. Of, I mean, we, our, if we played an hour set, probably eighty percent of them were cover songs. But we, we wrote a couple, you know, more like '90s rock style, you know, tunes okay, cool. for the time. Cool. And what were your influences? I mean, you're definitely, like we know, in a rock band now, hard rock band. What were your influences in high school, you know, after you got beyond jamming with your dad and the bluegrass stuff? 
and you said Chris Cornell was definitely a huge influence. What did you start to listen to in high school? Um, see, yeah, high school was a lot of things. I mean, I was I was listening to really everything in high school. Rock wise, definitely, definitely still Soundgarden and obviously anything Chris Cornell was doing. Um, uh, me and a friend of mine were huge Pearl Jam fans, so we would, you know, save up money to go see Pearl Jam for five hundred million dollars a ticket, you know, <laughs> whatever. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, I was into a lot of weirder stuff too. Not about weirder stuff, but maybe off the the main rock path, like Jeff Buckley back in the day, like Mazzy mm-hmm. Star. I was into. Um, gosh, just kind of anything. Like high school, I was kind of coming into my end with music and just like realizing that everything was awesome and kind of listened to it all. But uh, definitely okay. like, yeah, anything from the '90s, like what they would call the quote-unquote grunge era. You know, right. all of those bands were huge influences in high school. Yeah, those bands were great. You know, I just wish, you know, we don't hear like a lot of that anymore. It's yeah, it's, it's different. I mean, there's great stuff out there right now. I mean, don't get me wrong. People are putting out some amazing music, but, you know, you miss like, those bands like Better Than Ezra. You know what I mean? Some some of these other mm-hmm. bands that, you know, had a few hit singles, but yeah, you know, there, there was some really cool stuff back in the 90s. Um, I agree. Definitely. So, so you get out of high school. Did you go into the Navy right after high school and then go to Eastern Mennonite? Right. Yep. Maybe okay. right at Okay, so you did that. Oh uh, three, I think it, yeah, but oh three I went into the Navy. Okay. And was there any specific reason you chose to go into the Navy? Um, I had a friend of mine that was also we were both looking to join. Um okay. and we just kinda we're looking at the Navy and uh we were looking at every branch. We talked to everybody and then he was kinda looking at the Navy and I was like, Okay, I'm kinda into that too. Uh we were just mm-hmm. looking at like the idea of if we get out, we wanted to have some you know, like trade skills and stuff like that. So we mm-hmm. went for the Navy. I was a Navy CB, so I was uh, I was never on a ship. I was um, we were like combat engineers, civil engineers. Cool. Okay. Okay, great. So in the meantime, so let's now let's uh, move forward into the band stuff. So you're in the Navy, then you go to Eastern Midland, you get your nursing degree, and in the midst of all this stuff, when did you start to really, like, would you say, get serious and start playing with bands where you guys were, you know, out doing live shows, and then we'll start to transition into eventually how you met the um, the members from uh, Any Given Sin? Uh, so, yeah, during, when I was going to school is when that kind of started for me. Um, so okay. the Navy, I, I just, cut, I, I knew that I, there's the you know, real future <laughs> while I'm enlisted. Um, so as soon as I got out, I was kind of, that was one of the main reasons for getting out. I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to go my own way and try this, try this out. And so I was playing with another group for a while um, out of Louisville uh, and we were trying to make some noise. And, and that's where I started to, um, that's where I met Mike Connor from AGS uh, while we were, I was playing with that group. We played with them right. uh, now and then, and, and we had met each other. Um, and then he actually came over to that group for a little bit before um, uh, we split. Uh, it was just getting to the point, like, uh, they were all the way to I was over here. There's a lot of things happening, and just we ended up going separate ways. So, uh, but real quick, so, so I understand. Sure. Sorry to interrupt. Mike Connor came over, Mike Connor, the guitarist, came over to the band you were in from Kentucky? Right. So we invited him. Okay. We invited him. They had, um, Mike had, uh, an AGS, they had lost their singer. At that point, and, and mm-hmm. I just asked him. I said we were looking for a guitarist, and I kind of nodded to him to say, "Hey, you know, what do you think? Would you like to come over?" Because he was a g- good writer. I liked the writing he was doing, so I thought we could maybe work as a team. Mm-hmm. And then 
when uh, after that uh, group ended, then I talked to Mike and said, hey, uh, and he talked to me too and said, hey, we want to write some tunes and we'll see what happens. And then the first tune we wrote was uh, together was Dynamite. Right. So digress a little bit. So when you met Mike Connor, what time, what year was this around? And you know, tell us a little bit about what was this venue you were playing at and what was your band like? What type of genre was the the band from Kentucky you were in? Sure. Um, uh, band from Kentucky, right, right the same sort of lines as what we're doing with AGS. I mean, it was the same pocket. Um, and, and what was the rest of your question again? I'm sorry. Oh no, that's okay. Yeah. So what? Yeah. What was the? Where were you guys playing at? What was the venue you played at? And right, I asked you about the genre and where you met Mike. Sure. So um, yeah. So in Baltimore, we had played with the, and I can't remember the name. But it was down by the pier. I'm gonna forget the name okay. right now. But um, yeah, we had played with them there. That's the first time I met Mike. I heard some of their tunes. I like you know, the writing I heard, and uh, that's where we first met him. And then around 2015, I, I think I want to say, or maybe 2016, that's when um. I said, hey, Mike, do you want to roll over for a little bit and try it out? And then, uh, and then in 2017, I ended up in AGS. Okay. Now, was AGS, because I was doing, again, some research, was they? because I know Mike Connor had been in a band with the drummer, Mike Showalter, for a while. Did they kind of start AGS on the side together? Was that back in, like, you know, my, it was weird, because I couldn't tell if it was, like, 2007 was had they been around for like almost 10 or 13 years right yeah so they were playing together as ags for a while um okay another singer about i want to say like to 2015 that's when um they had part of ways with their singer currently because that's when they they had had. put out that ep forbidden and they were working with john moyer from disturbed right okay so that's a good time frame okay so, yeah, so you met them, like you said. You met him a little while ago, but it wasn't really until 2000, I guess, 15-ish after that singer left that you became part of the band? Right. Okay. Right. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And did they have, like, auditions, or did Mike kind of know right away just from working with you? And real quick, were you singing? I'm assuming you were singing to the Kentucky band. Oh, right. Correct. Okay, okay. Okay, so, yeah, did Mike kind of have an idea already, like, because you guys have not only had a rapport from just meeting, but you were working together. Let's see, you kind of like, let's try this out. Let's see what happens. Yeah, more or less. He, uh, you know, he had heard me um, from playing together before and things like that. So mm-hmm. that, you know, and it was more of a, it was kind of a mutual. We were looking to start a group, um, maybe together and write together and see what happened. And then we just felt like, you know, we could just roll with the AGS name and that he had already established. And so that's ah, kind of gotcha. where we went with it, you know. Okay, so you were maybe going to start a side project, but then he was like, hey, you know, you don't have a band anymore. We lost our singer. Let's maybe just, in, you know, incorporate you into this mix. Right. Yeah, more or less. Okay, okay, gotcha. So, right, so I wanted to ask you, because I know you guys had written your first two songs were pretty much Dynamite and Another Life, but I wasn't sure which one had been the first one. So Dynamite was the first one that you guys wrote. That's right, yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, tell us a little bit about um, the writing process with that. I mean, was it something that clicked really quickly? You know, you hear that some of these hit singles, you know, just the melody comes out, the chorus in a matter of like 20 minutes, and you just kind of have it? Or was it, you know, more of a process you had to put into that song and tweak things? Uh, That one was actually, yeah, that was real quick. We were just sitting on the couch in uh, in the living room, and he started playing that uh, guitar picking part that's in the verse that starts off, and then 
Yeah, I mean, I'd say we had probably half that time in two hours. Um, wow, that's awesome. And yeah, did you write all the lyrics and vocal uh, melodies for, for it? Yes, for that one, yeah. yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's great. And then the video is awesome for that, too. I mean, and so this song, Dynamite, you then, as we know, you, you somehow, and I'm always curious about also, like, the business aspect and what goes on behind the scenes. So with Dynamite, how do you get it to Sirius X and Octane? You know, because, again, I mean, you hear stories where people have to pay or you have to know someone. So was it easy to get into that station and get someone's ears to hear it? I mean, uh, what I will tell you about Octane is you cannot – there's no amount of money that you could pay to be on Sirius X and Octane. Um, they okay. were an anomaly in that situation. Uh, for them, if you send the song in, a lot of times they'll listen to it. They have probably thousands of songs they're getting sent all the time. Right. So, of course. Listening to all of them is hard. So having someone that you know around there or that has an ear to them, getting them that mm-hmm. song to pitch over is, is kind of where we went. I can't say who. <laughs> well, of course. Uh, no, no, no. I totally integrity. respect that. But, um, yeah, but that's kind of where we, we were at. We, uh, wow. uh, and our producer uh, who produced that song, Trevor Kustiak, was our reach right. out into that, into that person that got us uh, at least that awesome. listen on Octane. And then they put us on test gotcha. drive, and then after that, it, it just does what it does. It, uh, they they take their listening base and oct- the Octane Air Force real seriously, and whatever the crowd's saying, that's what they do with it, kind of. Right, right. Yeah, that's great. I mean, wow. What? And again, congratulations, to you guys. What an major accomplishment. Um, I mean, especially for they were together for a while, and you know, you just come on board, and it's like everything appears to just kind of click. It's like the stars align. You know, you write this amazing two other just as good, if not even better. You know, I mean, this, the stuff you right. guys write is just, you really know how to write a hit song. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so, you know, if you can, reflect back to the moment when, you know, you hear, because I know you had a lot of accolades with Dynamite, as we know, it was number one fun song, you know, the Accelerator Artist, and among other things in terms of, you know, um, mentions, so to speak, and, and different awards you got for it. Where were you the first time that, you know, you find out that this song, you know, is number one? And, you know, what was that experience like for you as well as Mike and two Mikes and also um, Rich? You know, what was that like for you guys? Uh, I mean, I was checking the calendar to make sure it wasn't April 1st, uh, to be honest. I, I think for me, <laughs> it, it, it took a while before it, like, sunk in to, like, oh, wow, this is doing something. Like, you kind of don't know where you are in the woods, you know? You're like, right. you want to be excited, but at the same time, you want you want to keep observing, you know, am I about to get tackled by a predator? I, you know, I don't know. Um, and, and, yeah, it, it, it took a bit for me before I, I, I think I really, it really sank in that, oh, wow, this is doing really well, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Kind of it's, so it's surreal on some level, so to speak. But like you say, you're humbled by it. You're not going to kind of get too yeah. far ahead of, you know, whatever, so to speak. And, and that's like, I think that's a good way to be. Um so yeah, so I mean, congratulations with that with that track and everything it's done for you guys. And then you follow Definitely that up you. with another life, right? Another life comes next. That's right. And um, that song's great too. I mean, just and, and really great videos you guys have for you know just to kind of trickle in some different information for another life and for dynamite. Did you have different? Actually, let me let me focus more on another life because that was an, that's an interesting song with the history and the different avenues that song kind of took before it really. You know, you guys finished it, so to speak. So 
Right. It was another life. That's your second one that you follow up to. That's in around 2000, I guess, 19, right? Right. Wasn't, right, 2019. Yeah, Dynamite was in 18, and then another life was in 19. Um, so, yeah, so that one was interesting because you originally had the title Break Me Down for that one. It was a totally different title. So, yeah, tell us a right. little bit about the story behind that. I know that we have different producers involved. Um, that's where you started to work with um, Chris Dawson, uh, right. Saul. Yeah, tell us a little bit about the background with that track. Uh, right, so um, Dynamite and that track were uh, uh, recorded at the same time with Trevor Kustiak. We had actually recorded that you know, originally with him. Um, Trevor ended up uh, moving to Canada, and so we were looking at uh, – we had kind of made some changes to that song, and, and we're looking to kind of redo it. And, and I've known Chris for a, a few years at that point, um, and so I brought up you know, maybe going to see Chris and, and looking at that one, maybe recording some others with him. Uh, and then we went in with mm-hmm. him and, and made some changes and, and got his influence on it too. And, and then it just kind of turned into what it, what it is now. Uh, and then we decided to change the name <laughs> of it too. Just, uh, for us, I, I don't think name, names didn't mean a lot to us for songs. Um, sometimes we, we know the songs by kind of silly names we give them before they have lyrics. Um, okay. So our set list, our set list have completely. If you looked at our set list, you'd have no idea what we played that night. <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> give us, uh, cause they're give all the us some names. names from when we started. Right. Oh man, it's just weird. Thing. Like I used to try to come up with silly names, like for like be like a tool song. So I, like toenail crockpot was one. Um, <laughs> you know, like uh, oh god, I can't. Just all kind. And it would be like new, new hotness. Uh, new song one, new song two, <laughs> you know, like right, we, right. we've that's memorized funny. it by, you know. <laughs> right. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah, so like you said, that one kind of had some transition, so to speak, with it. Um, and then the video, you actually ended up shooting in New York. And yeah, tell us a little bit about the video. That was a really cool video for that song that you guys did. Yeah, so we recorded that one with, uh, uh, and the Insidious video with uh, Tom Flynn. Um, out of Nassau area up there in New York. Um, and so, yeah, we okay. went to the city, and he, he had a really cool um, – we were kind of – I don't want to say press for time, but we were, you know, we were trying to get it get it out. So he had this great spot that he already knew about that we could rent out for the day and shoot the video. Mm-hmm. So um, it was kind of we it was kind of his uh, creative direction on that, like with the environment. But, um, yeah, we, we just went up to this kind of dilapidated – building there in uh in brooklyn and then uh shot the video it was it was fun there's no air conditioning in there so we were all like between takes oh, had to wow. go over, like wipe all the sweat off to try to get back in <laughs> you know and not look completely different than we did in five right, minutes right. ago but it, no it was fun it was a good it was a fun experience yeah no he, he does a great job i mean with the lighting he uses and you know i love the warehouse aspect of that one with the light coming in and stuff like that yeah it was a really cool video yeah. Yeah, really, really good job. Yeah, and all the videos I love that you guys do, very professional. You know, the way you guys, the way he shoots it, or even with the first one, Dynamite, I mean, yeah, you guys really put your all into it, and it definitely shows. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I should should um, throw a prop out to Mike Connor because he's usually the ones with the the creative direction on on the um, videos. So his Dynamite, he kind of, he directed that one, if you will. That was his kind of, that was his vision of it. Um, Wow. So yeah, he he's he's been the uh, probably the uh, the main guy on that for the video ideas. 
Okay. And actually just bringing that up since that's interesting that he's interested in, like you said, producing and, and coming up with concepts or videos. What is, um, you know, if you can, what does Mike, Mike Connor do for a living? And then what does each of the other guys do if they do anything outside of the music industry? Sure. Um, yeah, Mike actually, um, he's worked for a nuclear power plant. Um, okay. Rich, the bass player, he um, he's an engineer, so he sometimes is with uh, doing stuff for an aerospace engineering company. And wow. then okay. Uh, Mikey is a master electrician. Nice, nice. So you guys all have different, you know, skill sets also outside of music. That's really cool. Really cool. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. So let's do this. Let's uh, let's check out Insidious. We'll talk a little bit about the song, and then we'll come back and, and delve more into it. Um, so, yeah, so this song's interesting, and I, I had to look up the meaning of it. I mean, I heard it. I knew it had you know, like a little bit of a ring to it, meaning that probably not someone who's always, you know, the most honest person, but I wanted to get more information on it. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I like the it's title. It's a great song in terms of, you know, it's it's really talking about someone who is, you know, gradual in a subtle way that's kind of being very manipulative and deceitful, but it might not be totally on the surface, so to speak. Um, right. So tell us a little bit about this song. Is it you know, about someone you guys, you know, of course, you don't think of names or anything. Is it about maybe a group of people in general or just a person that maybe you guys had encountered as a band who, unfortunately, maybe, you know, did you guys wrong? Tell us a little bit about the background, and then we'll check it out. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of that. The, the lyrics, I wanted to make a little a little cryptic and almost and subtle, kind of like what, uh, what you were describing, insidious means, and uh yeah, I just uh, that one was written by a few. Uh, Mike Connor was in on that one. He he has a few lines in that song. Um, I didn't write all the lyrics with that one, but we we had this basic general idea of yeah, that that insidious person. And you can even be yourself. Like sometimes you might see that in yourself. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think I don't think it, I, I wasn't directing it towards a person or a particular group of people, but just, I, I think that's, that's everywhere all the time. Like we even do it to, we probably do it to ourselves or you have the, uh, degree in psychology. I mean, you could probably, <laughs> we're our worst right. enemies sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we won't get <laughs> right. into that. I work with a lot of individuals in that realm, but, um, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's an interest. It's definitely an interesting concept. And, and like you said, I like the fact that it is very open to interpretation. So, you know, anyone can kind of listen to it and, you know, kind of in their own way, so to speak, you know, apply it to their own life or their own experiences. Right. You know, so, all right, so, yeah, let's do this. Let's check out the song, and then we'll come back. I want to talk to you a little bit about the video of it and, of course, what's in store for new music in the hopefully future with it. Hopefully we'll hear an EP at some point from you guys or even a full length. All right, so I'm going to put you on hold, and then I'll right. bring you right back on when we um, come back from the song, okay? That just sounds good. Okay. All right, everyone, again, you're listening to Vic Ritchie from uh, Any Given Sin. We're going to check out their hit single, Insidious, and this is a great track. Also, I want people to just please make sure you download their other two singles, too, in addition to Insidious, Dynamite, and Another Wife. They're available on all major digital sites, so uh, check out their music. It's, it's really great stuff, and let's, let's get the word out there for these guys. All right, here we go, Insidious, and we'll be back in a moment. <laughs>
All right, everyone, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Again, Any Given Thing in their hit single, Insidious, an amazing track. Love these guys so much. So, again, let's give them some support and love and download their singles right now that are available. All right, let's bring Vic. Hey, hey, okay, awesome, awesome track. And I was able to work out to the three songs this morning. So I kind of created my own little mini EP of you guys. <laughs> so, awesome. yeah. Yeah, it's great stuff. Really, really good job with these songs you guys have done. Um, so, and again, Chris uh, Saul, and I'm sorry, Saul, it says, Chris Dawson did an excellent job in terms of the mix on it. Um, so, great job to him, too. Oh, absolutely, yeah. We love him. Fantastic. Yeah, that's one thing I want to say about you guys, too, is, I mean, you guys are, I know these I, people sometimes, you know, even had someone say, oh, I hate when people use that word tight about a band, but, I mean, you guys are just solid, and you are, you're tight. I mean, you guys are just on point with everything. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, really. I mean, yeah, great, great stuff. So, congrats, and hopefully we will see this one. Has this one made it into um, the Biggins Countdown yet? Uh, we have not seen it yet. I, I think. Not yet? Okay. Night. Or, or this weekend, they'll say it again. Maybe, maybe this week. We'll see. All right, cool. Yeah, again, unfortunately, you know, I listen usually when I'm in my car a lot. So if I, I hit that time, I'll, of course, have it on. Um, but I'm not always in my car when they have that going. So, so yeah. But, yeah, great stuff. So um, let's talk a little bit about the video with this. I found the video really interesting. I know that due to the pandemic, you guys were – how did you do that? How did you film each of yourselves individually, um, you know, playing your instruments, so to speak? Yeah, so that was the most interesting video we had prior ever shot. Yeah, it, it was like, gosh, like May-ish we were, we were shooting that. Um, so everything was closed down. You couldn't even go state to state for like Virginia to Maryland. Um, so we, <laughs> so uh, we had Tom, we, we kind of gave him some ideas, and he said, I got some ideas too. And he's like, I'll film stuff from my end. And then you guys, we were using literally iPhones um, and had a sheet. And we were behind that sheet wow. with, with some bright lights and, and doing our parts and um, then sent those off to Tom. And we just kind of put it all together and tried to make something. You know, it, it's our Corona video, basically. Uh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. And the guy, now the person who, you know, plays like what's like the main character, so to speak, if you want to use those words or not, mm-hmm. um, is that someone that Tom Flynn like had filmed for that video? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I think okay. to his, uh, possibly actor, um, yes. Yeah, he had, right, he had cool. come in for it. And is that the same guy that's on the um, the single cover? Uh, yes, yep. Those are okay. Just okay. still frames from the video. Um, okay. We put up for the cover. We yeah. thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. I mean, in terms of consistency and branding, so to speak. So in the video, um, you know, it's almost like, and again, if I'm wrong, totally tell me I'm wrong. You know, it appears that, you know, this is probably a person who's done some stuff where the word insidious would capture their, you know, their motivations or their behaviors. Um, And it's almost like, I don't want to say he's in like an electric chair, but it's almost like, you know, he's definitely has a bunch of cords and wires wrapped around him that appear to get activated um, and poured him maybe even out of his body so he can, I guess, almost be like flying or looking around at some of the stuff he's done and then brings them back into himself. Now, Tell me if I have yeah. any – am I, no, am I on point a, with any of that? To, yeah, that's a great way to look at it. It's, it's kind of like, yeah, you're uh, you know, maybe consumed by whatever it is that's causing you to be that person. Um, and then every once in a while you might have a shock that shows you what you've done, you know. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the concept in a nutshell. I, I don't want to get too specific because I want people to kind of, you know, be able to do yeah, it their, you know, their own way. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're, you're dead on to what I, I view it as and what I was, you know, okay. thinking of. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. No, it's a great video. And, and again, just uh, going back and forth between you guys, you know, playing your instruments and, and doing that thing and then showing him, I thought it was a really, you, you did a great job considering the circumstances and what you had available, you know, at your hands in terms of shooting stuff with the pandemic. So, yeah, really cool video, really cool stuff. Um, Thank you. So, yeah, where are you guys at with some, um, do you have, how many songs do you have in the works right now? Uh, we have a good many in the works. We have, um, yeah, a good many that are not recorded. That just the pandemic. We were going to be in the studio uh, this summer, um, okay. but the pandemic has kind of messed with that, and so that's been postponed a bit. But uh, yes, we have we have good many songs from the Hopper, um, ready to get them recorded and get them out. Uh, we've been trying to keep some steady content rolling with the singles and uh, beefing the Spotify and things like that. But sure. yeah, we can't we can't wait to get the rest of the stuff recorded, <laughs> get it out. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that would be great. Are you planning on doing an EP or, or a full length? Um, right now, we're just going to record. We have, we don't have a complete decision about that yet. Um, whether we're going to put out an actual EP or or, or just kind of take the songs we have together and, and just start putting out singles and then kind of consolidate an EP when mm-hmm. that happens. It's just a few, you know, conversations happening about what will happen, but uh, definitely we will have enough songs recorded to to have that here by probably twenty twenty. That would be great. Yeah, and I think I think you guys are really smart with how you've been doing things too. You know, putting that single out every year and just you know keeping your fans involved. And I think that's a great way to do it too. I mean, everyone has a different approach today. I think you know things are a lot different than you know if we want to go back to talk about the '90s when you know labels had these major budgets and and people you know what I mean had all this money right. to put out you know album after album. So I think I think you have to be creative now, and I think that's a great approach to it. You do. Uh, consumption of music has changed, you know, dramatically in 20 years. And uh, now, put it, like putting out a full album, um, once you've done that, you know, you've kind of you've you got all your content out in one basket at one time. So you right. Unless you're you you know, like Shinedown does this a lot. I mean, every song on their album, they pretty much are putting out as a single as that album goes out. Um, so they're kind of taking a dual, uh, you know, look at that. But we we at our level, our capital, we just keep putting out a single and keep that content coming. That's kind of the idea for us. Um, yeah. If we put it all out at once, we might just see it all at once, and then that would be it. So we were looking at, you know, longevity. Yeah, no, and I think I think that's a great idea. And, and when you guys, you know, I actually had this earlier in my notes, and I could pull it in now real quick. You know, when you, when you literally joined the band, you know, did you guys sit down and kind of say, hey, you know, this is – how we want to be structured and have some short-term goals and long-term goals. Cause you guys definitely appear to be, you know, a band that's really organized and dedicated. And so, you know, was, was there a conversation like that in terms of how you want to try to approach things or was it kind of, as you started to go along, you said, Hey, maybe we should, you know, pivot here and tweak this there. How did you guys approach it? Yeah, sure. Um, honestly, it's been a big learning curve for us all. You know, we're all kind of dabbling feet into waters. We didn't mm-hmm. you know, really understand prior to this so it's been a lot of getting getting information from you know just other people in the industry that we're working with getting a lot of advice christoph has been really really helpful for that um uh just trying to make the right moves so i think we're we're savvy in the sense that we 
you know, we're careful and we we're, we're trying to consider a lot of things, but there's we don't know where the landmines are placed, so we we're you know constantly reaching out to others to get you know info and and understand the situation. But that's been an ongoing great. process for sure. Yeah. No, that's great, and I think you know again I commend you guys for that because. You definitely come across as a band that's, again, very, like, authentic and grounded. I don't get this vibe of, you know, I know better than someone else. And I, I think that's awesome that you guys are flexible and open-minded like that because that's, you know, that's how you learn. That's how you grow. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I mean, you know, music is a business like any other business. And I think you, you don't do yourself justice if you think that you can, you have all the right answers, you know. Um, right. I agree. And I think anywhere in life, you know what I mean? If if you, I'm, I'm the type of person too, where I love to just learn from people. I like to work with people who know more than me because then that's going to help yeah. me grow. And, you know, I think that's, that's a great approach. Um, are you guys looking for, I mean, you're unsigned right now, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Are you, are you considering labels? Have you been in talks with labels? And again, of course, you don't have to mention any specific names. Sure. Yeah. That, that, that's been an ongoing up-in-the-air conversation for us. Uh, we have our own capital. We have, you know, kind of the engine started here. So our need for a label isn't maybe okay. like it was two years ago. So for us, it, it had to be, you know, it had to work out right. Um, and I, we, had, we had to see a big growth from it to do it. Because, you're, 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 I mean, you're giving up, the, you know, maybe 50% of your, know. you know, sales. You're, you're giving up your yep. rights to your music. You know, those are the things you have to consider, and it's like if you can, if you have capital, think about it before you <laughs> jump into it. Maybe yeah, you know, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. And are you, I mean, and again, we don't have to delve into people's financial situations, but it's your own capital in terms of like your own finances that you guys are putting into the music. Right. So initially, okay. uh, yeah, personal, and, and then you know, kind of we've been generating some. You know, we've been generating it to to keep pushing the next one, and so we kind of you know got the lawnmower going a little bit. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good way to look at it. I mean, hey, if you can stay unsigned, like you said, and you you keep to your your rights to your masters and your songs and all that stuff, I mean, hey, that's that's unbelievable. That's great. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and real quick, how did you how did you hook up with Renee from R H uh, R M H Unlimited? I just want to again commend her. She was. And once you sent her, you know, my request to interview you, she was on point and she got me this stuff. And I just want to say she's, she's great. Um, very prompt and just pleasure to work with. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Renee is awesome. Um, she, she's a personal friend of us all. She's uh, been personal friends with Mike and Mikey and all the guys for, you know, decades. So um, okay. they've known her for a long time. Uh, and she does some management, booking. She does a lot of things. Uh, she has other bands, too, that she uh, helps out and does things for. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's very integral. <laughs> yeah, no, again, I believe me, from all the interviews I've booked over the years, I mean, she, yeah, she was awesome. I mean, I love people that are just, you know, they get back to you, they get you what you need, they're kind, they're pleasant. Yeah, she's definitely a keeper, <laughs> I'd say. Yeah. Keep her around. Um so, yeah, so, again, thanks again to her, too. A little bit about you guys real quick, and we'll wrap up shortly because I know you have stuff to do today. What do you guys like to do outside of music? You know, what are some of your interests, whether it's, you know, you like to watch TV or movies, read, you know, any hobbies? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, de- I'm definitely a TV freak. I, I mean, I like uh, any good series or movie, you know, uh, Netflix binging. Um, what type of really things have you watched? Really upset that Handmaid's Tale is not, is not coming back 
in 2020, possibly. I'm dying to see that next okay. season. <laughs> wait, which, um, wait, which was it? What was the season? Handmaid's Tale. I, I just saw a teaser. Oh, okay, for yeah, it, yeah, like, yeah. I've never watched that. So, I mean, I've heard raving reviews, but oh, it's it's awesome. Yeah, I recommend it to wow. you. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, what are some other so, yeah, Netflix yeah. series that you've watched? Oh gosh, let's see. Um, I was really into well, the Game of Thrones. I was really into it till that you know, mm-hmm. ended. Uh, uh, Westworld, watch a lot of that. Um, nice. Oh, there's so many. I can't even think of them all right now. Uh, did you ever watch Mind, Did you ever watch Mindhunter? No, I did not. Oh, it's, again, and you know who probably would like this, and I'd be surprised if he didn't, but maybe he didn't. I, I read something about um, Mike Connors, a big horror fan. Yeah. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm a big horror fan too. So um, yeah, Mindhunter. It's it's kind of about the history of like. Um, how I'm trying to think of the word. I can't even think of the word right now. It's been a long week. Basically, how they started to do like behavioral analysis to figure out serial killers, like back in the 60s and 70s. Oh, cool. It's phenomenal, and the actors that play Manson and some of these renowned serial killers, it's unbelievable. So if you if he hasn't checked it out, tell him. I'd hope he would like it. Um, but yeah, I'll if you like that. that kind of stuff, it, the the writing is fabulous, and and so are the actors. Awesome. Yeah, um, two seasons. It would be quick to get through. You probably could blow through that in who knows how many days or you know a week or two. Um, so okay, and thanks. And what about the other guys? What are they? What are some of the things they like to do? Um, well, uh, Mike and Mikey uh, also have children, so they like to hang out with their kids whenever they got free time, for sure. Okay. Um, uh, everybody, we're all just so we're so like music's our hobby and our fun, and like it's. Right. We're all kind of doing that most of the time, you know, uh, to be honest. I mean, all of us like, like a good movie, good, you know, something like that. Uh, uh, messing around with computers, technology, um, trying new recording stuff. <laughs> you know, a lot of it ends up the sure. hobbies roll, roll around, you know, music for all of us. You there? Hello? Hello? Okay, you Hello? there? Oh, I got you. <laughs> okay. That's okay. I'm gonna um, all right. No, yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I know that. I mean, especially now, you guys are really, you're, you're on a roll. You want to keep this uh, this trend and this uh, road going with the music and stuff like that. So I know that that's your primary focus. But I always like to hear a little bit about people, you know, on the outside of their profession, so to speak, and what they like to do. Sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, again, Vic, thank you so much today. And I, again, sincerely apologize about the technical glitch in the beginning, but we will – like I said, get that fixed. I'll get all that stuff wiped out of the beginning so the, the interview will go very smoothly in terms of when it comes in. Um, awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, thank you so much for coming on. And, of course, I'll let you share, of course, where people can find your music. And, of course, I want to let you know that you're always invited on again. I'd love to have you back on or even another member at a later point in time when you have some more music out and, you know, promote that stuff for you guys too. Absolutely. Anytime. Definitely hit us up. Um uh, you can find our music on Spotify, Amazon. Uh, come check our uh, – we've got on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we've got a few fan pages rolling around Facebook uh, as well. Check those out. Um, yeah. Definitely check oh. out the videos on YouTube. Don't forget that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, the videos are great too. Now you got a, And you got some nice traction on those videos too. So, yeah, great job with that too. People are definitely seeing it. Um, um. 
Yeah, so I mean, thanks so much, Vic, for coming on. Again, it was an absolute pleasure. I'm so happy to be able to promote you guys and get your music out there. And again, I'm also a huge fan, so I wish you guys not, nothing but continued success with everything that's to come. Awesome. Thank, and thank you so much for the interview. And yeah, definitely hit us up anytime. We'd love to come back on again. Maybe I can get Mike on next time or something, too. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, like I said, I could do someone different and kind of delve into their life story. So we got four of you guys, so there's enough to <laughs> go around at least for another like, year <laughs> sure. or two. So that'll be good. Um, yeah, and just to let you know, um, I'll um, what I'll do, you know what, after I get the podcast, you know, uh, corrected, I'll send you the link. So if you guys want to share it, you know, if anyone didn't hear it today, they couldn't turn it into the live interview, it'll be available so they can stream it or download it at their convenience. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Okay. Be safe. Continue to put out some great music, and I'll I'll be in touch soon. Awesome. Thank uh, thank you again. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Have a great weekend. Okay. You too, Vic. Thanks so much. Okay. Definitely. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Vic Ritchie from Any Given Sin, and awesome interview with him again. As I mentioned, there was a couple of technical issues but who knows what's going on with the the world right now as we know it could have been the computer and who knows but anyway it was a great interview if you did tune in late for some reason as i mentioned the podcast will be available um at some time later today after i get some stuff adjusted with it and um again just check these guys out download their music they got some great stuff going on great material and and a really solid humble band i really Enjoyed interviewing Vic. Um, so check them out, as he mentioned. You got you can follow them on uh, Facebook, they're on Instagram, on um, Twitter. And again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I appreciate the continued support. Uh, check out the interviews. I've done over 250 now. They're all available on the Blog Talk Radio. Um, you can also go to iTunes, and I think they're on some other digital sites to just type in the Carrie Edelman Show. And we greatly appreciate it. If you can follow me, I'm on uh, Facebook. You can like my page there. I'm also on Instagram at Carrie Edelman, as well as on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. And if you want to personally befriend me, just find one of my Carrie Edelman um, personal pages on Facebook. And if one of them is maxed out, you can go to the other one and uh, send me a request. It would be great to keep in touch that way, too. So, again, I will be posting soon for some upcoming interviews. I have some in the works, but I haven't solidified the dates yet. And thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in, and have a great weekend.